There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning into the Wednesday edition of the podcast. The harvest has passed, the summer has ended, and Jeremiah said, and we are not saved. Here we are as the summer has fled, and we're cooling down. The seasons are beginning to change. The leaves are starting to curl a little bit, and we're getting towards that fall season, that reminder each and every year of that cycle of life. And uh, my friend, here it is. The year has fled so quickly from us. We've been traveling and busy in travel and in ministry, and I look back at all the podcasts we've done, what a blessing it's been, and uh, what a joy it's been to me to be able to do the podcast, be able to preach these messages, and I hope it's a help, I hope it's a blessing. A reminder, this weekend, we start on Sunday, and then we'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at the Dublin Mills Community Church, that's in Dublin Mills, Pennsylvania, and a week following in Harrisburg, the week after that in Chippersburg, we make our way to Western New York. And so just a reminder, if you're in the area, I'd like to have you attend the meetings. You'd be welcome guests of ours. If you ever need a place to stay, you don't hesitate to contact the McVeigh family. Our contact information is always at the end of the podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. We're in Psalm 94 today, and when I'm preaching Messianic Psalms, I look at these things and understand that the volume of this book is Jesus Christ. That's what it's written about. It is to bring honor and glory under the name of the Lord and in the person of Jesus Christ. And again, one of those little things that uh, it's not talked about a lot, I guess, but when you see the Lord, all capitals in the word of God, uh, we know the King James Bible translators told us he's speaking about Jehovah God. That's God in three persons. That's the Godhead. In that we see Jesus Christ. We also know that holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We know, according to 1 Peter, that men prophesied, and they spake by the Spirit of Christ. And so we know those things according to the Scriptures. We know that Jesus Christ and is in every jot and every tittle of the volume of this book. But we say Messianic Psalms, we explicitly are looking at prophecy which is to come, or prophecy, which in this day has already been fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. And what we're looking at in Psalm 94 today, and I'll go down this verse by verse and just talk about a few things, but we're looking about a psalm, which really is just of judgment. And it's a psalm of judgment of this wicked world and wicked men and the wickers, the workers of iniquity, those that have cursed the name of God and denied and rejected God. And I hear preaching all the time that laments the turn of America to ungodliness and the turn of America to wickedness. But the whole world's been steeped in wickedness for 6,000 years. What we see, though, is God gave us a space of grace. He gave us that little remnant in America where there were men of God that preached the word of God. What's happened today is men have become hirelings. They don't believe the word of God. They correct the word of God. They've tried to change the word of God. Although you cannot change the word of God, you just have a counterfeit. You have forged the word of God. You have forged what you call a Bible, and you've done that because of your own conceit. 
And God is very displeased. God is angry with the wicked every day. And when you change the words of God and make them say something they don't, it's heresy. And God's going to damn those men that have changed those words in the word of God. He tells us that in the very last prophecy in the book of Revelation. Yet men have changed it. And then others come along and they sit there and they lap up the milk that drips from the teeth of, of false versions and lies and deceit. And yet they dabble sometimes on both sides of the fence. There's somewhat King James and then there's somewhat uh, new King James. And they kind of been back and forth in between. They're not going to be convinced because they're faithless. They don't believe God. They don't have faith in God. They don't believe that God can give them a perfect Bible. Yet I believe that God can. So what happens is a man becomes a hireling and he's all of a sudden in the, in the business of ministry and he's a hireling. He's looking for money. He's looking for profit. He's looking for gain. And he goes around preaching a false gospel for gain and for profit. And that's, again, why you see men I've known over the years, they turn to these cruise ships and they go on gospel cruises and they're out there on their gospel cruises preaching and they get thousands of dollars and they go out there and make people feel good about themselves. And they go to these big singings and they're the, the guest preacher at a big singing with thousands of people, sometimes tens of thousands of people. And they just preach a feel-good message and they, uh, they preach a happy-go-lucky message and everything's positive and everything's upbeat. Our brother Lester Roloff on the radio recently he said back in the 1910s, 1920s, there were still thousands of evangelists in America preaching hellfire and brimstone and preaching judgment and preaching damnation upon a world that was lost. And he said, that's gone today. And this is in Lester Roloff. See, Lester Roloff's been dead for over 40 years. And he said even in his day, there were very few evangelists still towing that line of preaching damnation to the lost and preaching hell is hot and preaching that men will come into condemnation lest they repent and turn to Jesus Christ. There are men today in ministry that call themselves preachers that, that denounce that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There are Baptists today that denounce that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. I met a Baptist the other day of a particular sect, and a peculiar sect called what we call the German Baptist, and he believed in the sonship of man. He said, we're all the sons of God. And we need to just learn to get along and just learn how to be nice to each other. And basically what he was telling me without using the word karma is that if we all have good karma, we'll be good Christians. And that's all that's required of us. How far we've gone. How far we've fallen. No wonder God's angry with us. And he says, O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. And by the way, but by the grace of God, vengeance belongeth unto all of us. Had not God intervened in my life and brought me to a place of salvation, when God revealed himself to me through the word of God, I also would deserve vengeance, and I'd be damned to hell. But <clears throat> God in his mercy revealed Jesus Christ to me. I want to thank him and bless his holy name. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth. And by the way, that judge of the earth will always do what's right. Render a reward to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves? So again, questions. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? He said, not only are they going to, are the wicked going to triumph, they'll utter and speak hard things, and the workers of iniquity boast themselves. Is that not the wicked today? It's not changed in all these years. They break in pieces thy people. O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Why would men say such a foolish thing? 
because they don't believe the God of Jacob is the God of heaven. They don't believe the God of Jacob, and he's just another God. He's not the most high God. He's not the potentate. He's not to be extolled. He's just another God. And they refer to him as the God of Jacob. And they say, oh, the God of Jacob will not see. The God of Jacob does not hear. The God of Jacob has no eyes to see us. Why? Because their God, they feel, is superior. Their idols are superior. Their idols that they serve are superior to the God. But can I say to you, there is only one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And he is a propitiation for our sins, not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in flesh. And that will get you killed in some countries today. There are nations in this world today that if you preach that and teach that publicly, they'll shoot you on the spot. They'll execute you. They'll cut your tongue out. They'll hang you by your toenails for preaching the truth. Why? Because they despise that Jesus Christ is the only way. And again, he asks these questions. And again, he says, understand, ye brutish among the people and you fools, when will ye be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? God that created man, shall he not see? Shall he not hear? Those eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding both the good, evil and the good. God is going to judge according to what he sees. He that chastiseth the heathen, shall not he correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall not he know? The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. And it's interesting in verse 10, look what he says. He that chastiseth the heathen shall not he correct. God does chastise the heathen, but he chastens his children. That instruction is included in chastening, but yet he chastises. He whips, he scourges, he hurts the heathen. And judgment is upon the wickedness of man continually. And you see people today even steeped in religion, even in Bible-believing churches, and calamity after calamity after calamity, but they cannot see this judgment of God. It's God trying to steer their path. It's God trying to reveal himself. It's God trying to show them that he's the almighty God. He's a holy God. His name is Jesus Christ. And calamity upon calamity, and they'll say, oh, it's just persecution, or it's just the sufferings of Christ, but so many times it's the wrath of God. It's the judgment of God. I believe God does it because in the church, the people of God pray. The people of God seek God's face, and they pray over people. They pray that God would turn them. And I believe oftentimes that judgment is to turn them according to the prayers of the saints of God. God is trying to steer them unto himself, yet men still reject Jesus Christ. They still will not come to the end of themselves. They still are set in their own ways and their own reproofs. Yet God knoweth the thoughts of these men. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. And that is the difference between the heathen and the saved. God is going to teach his children. God is going to instruct his children. He's going to wound and he's going to make whole. He's going to cut us and he's going to bind us up. He's going to make us whole again. And God's going to heal us after he wounds us because we're his children. What father beats his child mercilessly and then leaves him in a pool of blood? No, he's going to take him and bind him up and love him and care for him. And that's what he speaks of here. It's a blessing from God. Happy is the man whom God correcteth and whom delighteth in his way. In verse 13, that thou mayest give him rest. And there's a whole message on rest, and I probably need to preach it on the podcast. 
but all that we may enter into his rest. Labor that you may enter into his rest. He said that the wicked shall cease from trouble, that the weary shall be at rest. Come all ye that are weary and heavy laden. He said, I will give you rest. That rest is in Christ. That rest is in this life. That rest is in this earth. God will give you rest in Jesus Christ. The dying God chastens and God wounds and God hurts. Why? That men might have rest in Christ. God wants men to enter into that rest. He's made a resting place in the person of Jesus Christ, and he wants them to rest in him. Oh, blessed be his name. I want to thank God that 25 plus years ago, he gave me rest in Jesus Christ. I can lay my head on my pillow at night. And even with the trials of life and the sickness of children, the calamities of life, God himself will give me rest. And I don't have condemnation. I don't have the wrath of God hanging over me like a sickle. I don't have the judgment of God hanging over me like a, like a shroud of death. Oh, no, I have the mercy of God. His truth reaches under the heavens, his mercy under the clouds. Oh, bless his holy name. Have that truth and that mercy in the inward parts. That's a blessing from God. And God wants to do that for whose whoever will. The problem is most men won't will. Most men just won't. But yet God is willing to save to the uttermost. And he said, for the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. When God judges and damns this world and damns those that have rejected Jesus Christ, there'll be an inheritance for his children. No wonder they hate the children of God. No wonder this wicked world despises the children of God. God will have an inheritance for them. But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. We're talking about this day, and I believe right here we've transitioned past Revelation 19. I believe this is prophetic concerning Jesus Christ. When he comes and he rules and reigns for a thousand years, I believe the transition is here. That's why it's a messianic psalm. Because judgment shall return unto righteousness. The righteous judge of all the earth is going to do right. And he's going to judge righteously, and the upright in heart shall follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Two more questions are asked. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. But the Lord helped me to stand against the evildoer. I would have stood in silence, but the Lord strengthened me to speak out against the evildoer to speak out against the worker of iniquity, to call the worker of iniquity an iniquitous man, to call the evildoer an evil man. My God was my strength. My God was my help. My God was my stay. And can I say the hireling will not do that. The hireling will not call out the evildoer. The hireling will not expose the workers of iniquity. Boy, he'll just preach that doctrine. We're all just children of God. We're all just living for God. Every one of us is just in a different stage of his walk of life. And he won't tell men their sin. He won't expose their sin before God. Why? Because he's a hireling. He careth not for the sheep. And my friend, those hirelings will have a greater damnation according to the word of God. And that's a blessing to hear. Thank God for that. I don't want to be for sale. I don't want to be a hireling. I thank God for men that have never sold out for the gospel, never sold out for the dollar, never sold out for what men have offered. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. Blessed be his holy name. When my feet have almost been gone, the Lord has lifted me up. When my feet have almost slipped, the Lord was my stay and my help. In the multitude of my thoughts, within me thy comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? 
They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. And so that's the workers of iniquity. They frame mischief by a law. They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous. The word of God says they condemn the innocent blood. That's the worker for the iniquity. That's the wicked of this world. But thank God for that little conjunction, but, but the Lord is my defense and my God is the rock of my refuge. When this wicked world surrounds us, this wicked world beats us up, this wicked world is closing in, our feet almost slip. The psalmist Asaph said he saw the prosperity of the wicked, and when he saw the prosperity of the wicked, his feet nigh well slipped, but it was God that took him down to the house of the Lord. And he went down to the house of the Lord, they played those instruments, and they played those songs, and he stood there upon those instruments, upon those high cymbals. He played those cymbals as a song unto the Lord. And he heard the trumpets and he heard the singers. And God delivered him. God restored him. God renewed him again. Why, the Lord is my defense and my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. And I'm just going to go to Psalm 95, just one verse. The Lord is going to cut off the wicked. The Lord is going to destroy the wicked. There's no hope. There's no rest. But in Psalm 95 and verse 1, he says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. What a blessing it is to be a child of God. What a joy it is to have the rock of our salvation as our defense and our high tower. He's our shield. He's our buckler. We can abide in the covert of his wings, the covert of his tabernacle, the shadow of his wings. And oh, how precious it is to know him. But the workers of iniquity know him not such. The workers of iniquity are damned, and they're damned already in their sins, the trespasses and sins. They're dead in trespasses and sins. But the mercy of God has been extended. God is still saving sinners. God is still extending his mercy to those lost without Christ. And my friend, if you're listening today without hope and without help in this wicked world, can I say to you, there's room at the cross for you. There's room upon the cross of Jesus Christ for a sinner to come and just believe the Lord Jesus Christ with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul. They just believe they love the Lord Jesus Christ. There's room for you. If you need to come, would you come to him by faith? You don't need a phone call. You don't need a pat on the back. You don't need... Uh, somebody speaking words over you know you just need to come with a childlike faith believing that he is and knowing that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him thank you so much for tuning in there's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 
1-800-227-1706. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home.